This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. I want to invite you this morning to take a look with me in the book of Genesis chapter 41. And while you're going there to find that particular chapter, let me remind you that we've spent, we're spending some time this holiday season exploring what we call the power of thank you. Uh, next week, Pastor Justin Atkins, is, Jason Atkins, is going to be speaking to us, and uh, he'll be continuing that, and then Pastor Dustin will conclude uh, the series the following week. But altogether, we're trying to drive the point that there is power in thank you. Last week, we talked about ten lepers, if you remember, that were miraculously healed by the Lord, and one of them, only one of them, came back uh, to say thank you for what the Lord has done. And we're talking about this idea that gratitude is in fact an attitude. And what we're learning is that there's a lot of power in thank you. You know, research says that people who are consistently thanked for the work that they do are twice as likely to volunteer for more. Here, here was one that was interesting. Students who are consistently thanked by their teacher are up to five times more likely to try harder when solving problems than those who are not, not thanked. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about a man whose life was turned upside down, or so it would seem. And yet, after all that he went through, he never lost his perspective of God and what God was doing and the grace of God that was at work uh, in his life. This is one of my favorite Old Testament passages. I love the story of Joseph. In fact, 20 years ago, I wrote a book about Joseph that continues to be one of the best-selling of all the books I've ever written. I love this story, and I love this particular part of the story, which is found in verses 50, 51, and 52. We're just going to look at those three verses. Genesis 41 Verses 50 through 52. Here we go. During this time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Asneth, the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Verse 52, Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're about to do. We know, Father, that there is power in your word. And you've chosen the foolishness of preaching to save the lost. So, Father, I just pray today that you will take the words that are spoken. Allow me to say the words I'm supposed to say, but nothing more than I'm supposed to say. And let them be directed like missiles in our hearts by the Holy Spirit to accomplish the work that you want us to have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. 
You know, the naming of a child is a big deal. Or so it should be because it stays with you for the rest of your life. And perhaps, you know, some parents ought to give more attention to the names that they place on children simply because in some cases they last a lifetime and they cause unanticipated pain. For example, aren't you glad that you were not the daughter of Pastor Lamar Christmas who named his only daughter Mary? See, forever. What about Texas Governor Jim Hogg? What was he thinking when he named his daughter Ima? See, stayed with her her whole life. It may be interesting to you when you think about names, and I've been thinking about names some as I were preparing this. You know, you think about, what, what does the name Bill mean? Well, Bill actually means a resolute protector. Pastor Jerome's name actually means sacred. Jerome means sacred. The, the name Dustin, Pastor Dustin's name, it means stone or, or rock. The name Shelley, by, by the way, means meadowland, flower by the creek bank. I, I'll leave the interpretation of all of those to, to each of you on your own. By the time we get to the time of this passage... Before the first of the famine years, Joseph has endured more than a decade of pain and suffering. He's been betrayed by his own brothers. That's a whole story. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused of sexual harassment. And he went to prison for something that he did not do. His life had been a nightmare to this point. And now that he's out of jail, he's employed by Pharaoh and he's managing the resources of Egypt. He's married to an Egyptian woman and there is a baby on the way. Now, think about this for a moment. A suitable Egyptian name for a baby's son might have been Ramses or Max. But instead, Joseph and his wife decided to name their new son Manasseh. And the reason that Joseph did it, he said he did this because God had made him to forget. Now, think about what Joseph and his wife have done. Every time that Joseph calls his son to dinner, every time he tells him to pick up his stuff, every time that they have a father and son talk, the boy's name reminds Joseph of the goodness of God in his life. Every time that he calls Manasseh by name, he reminds himself that God was bigger than my pain. God was bigger than my struggle. Later, there's a second son born, and his name is Ephraim. It simply means God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Again, a constant and daily reminder that God is good and God is bigger than my pain. Well, we all know life can be hard. And especially in, in a year like this, how challenging it's been. Some of you that are listening to me have dealt with sickness and death and chaos and challenges in your marriages and challenges with your kids, challenges on your job. And if you're not careful, it will test you to your last nerve. 
But if the story of Joseph teaches us anything, it may be these two things that are very, very important. Here's the first one. You can be defined by your painful experiences or you can grow from them. It's a choice. You can either be defined by the experiences that you've gone through or you It would have been easy for Joseph to have simply given up and said, the world is against me. The employ my employer doesn't care about me. I'm a victim of my circumstances. But he didn't do that. In fact, Joseph decided to take a different perspective. He decided that his circumstances don't define who he is. I'm not going to allow my circumstances to define who I am. Now think about this with me a moment. I feel the Lord in this house. I believe I'm speaking to somebody right now. Think about this a moment. Joseph was a slave in Potiphar's house, but he never saw himself as a slave and he never acted like one. Potiphar's house may have been where he was, but it wasn't who he was. You understand what I'm saying? He may have lived in the house as a slave, but he didn't act like a slave and he didn't believe that he was a slave. Joseph was in prison, but he never acted like he was in prison. Because prison was where he was, but prison wasn't who he was. And I'm just telling someone this morning, listen to me, my friend. Wherever you are right now, your present circumstances do not define who you are. Well, this has been a crazy year, hasn't it? 2020 will go down as one of the craziest years of our life. But do you know that even in a crazy year like this, this is who we are? According to John chapter 1, we are the children of God. According to 1 Corinthians 6, we belong to God. According to Colossians 1, we are forgiven of our sins. According to Romans 8, we are free from condemnation. According to Romans 8, we cannot be separated from the love of God. According to 2 Timothy 1, we are not given a spirit of fear. According to Matthew chapter 5, we are the salt and the light of the earth according to 1 Corinthians 3 and 16 we are the temple of God according to Ephesians 2 and 10 we are the workmanship of God and according to Philippians 4 and 13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I'm telling you somebody needs to praise the Lord about that because wherever you are today it doesn't define who you are it just defines where you are. And in moments like this, I'm reminded of Paul's admonition. In 1 Thessalonians 5, he says this, In everything, give thanks. Everything. Every situation. Every hard place. Every tough moment. Every hard situation. Everything that has troubled you. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So you have to make a choice. You can be defined by your circumstances or you can grow out of them. Now, I want to remind somebody who's listening right now that God never wastes pain. He never wastes your pain. Whatever you're going through, God will use it. According to Romans chapter 8 verse 28, He will use it and He will bring it together for something good. 
God promises that, that these moments have not been wasted. The suffering, the hardship, the chaos, the difficulty that you've gone through. God will use your pain and he will grow you and you will come out of this a better person for the glory and the honor of God. Here's the second thing the story of Joseph teaches us. You can allow your pain to change your perspective or you can simply refresh the screen. Now, those of you that are technology people know that there's the opportunity sometimes when you're working uh, on a website or you're working with the internet, you just refresh the screen. And what it does is it updates. So maybe, maybe you've been working on a, on a particular website, maybe you've been shopping or, 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 or looking for something or trying to research something and you just need to see what's happening and you hit the button and it refreshes the screen and you get a whole different perspective than what you have. That's what I'm saying. You can ever either allow your pain to change the perspective or you can refresh your screen. Now, in grief therapy... There is a concept called stuck in grief in which the person is unable to move forward and is trapped by their sorrow. I know a man, for example, whose wife passed away and for six years he was emotionally unable to even move things in the house that were there prior to her passing. One morning he said to me, he said, her purse is still sitting in the same spot where she left it that day that we went to the hospital six years ago. See, my friend is stuck in his grief and he can't get out of that because he is defined. His perspective is locked in. What I'm trying to say is that living the thank you life Transforms grief to growth and it transforms pain to perspective. When you start living a life of gratitude, when you start thanking God and giving glory to God in spite of the hardship, in spite of the pain, when you live a thank you life, it transforms grief into growth and pain into perspective and I can just tell you by my own experience if you live a thank you life it changes the environments where you are it changes the environments that you're living in it changes the people that you're around I'll never forget uh, one morning I stepped out of my office and there was a man there who was bringing the mail to the office and when he when he handed me the mail I said to him thank you Thank you for bringing the mail. And he said to me, what? And I said, thank you for bringing the mail. And again, it's like he couldn't connect the words. What are you saying? I said, listen, pal, you bring the mail to us every day so that we don't have to go downtown to the post office to get the mail. And I just wanted to say thank you. Do you know, I, I took that mail and I started back up the steps into the office and I hadn't got to the top of the steps when there was a tap on my shoulder. And I turned around and here's this United States Postal Service employee standing there with tears running out of his eyes and he said, hey sir, would you pray for me? 
I said, absolutely. He said, I got so much stuff that's going on in my life and, and I just need somebody to pray with me. And right there on the steps, I laid the mail down. I took him by the hand and we began to pray. You know what it was? It was thank you that opened the door. It was gratitude that opened the door, that opened up his eyes and gave him the opportunity to reach for help. When you live a thank you life, you change the perspective. You refresh the screen and you make it look different when you live the kind of life that says thank you. Now, when you live a thank you life, it eventually delivers you from the other side of your nightmare. You're not what you once were. And if you live a thank you life, you're able to see yourself in a different way. Now, let me give you an example. So let's, let's say for a moment that you're someone who has come through a, a bad experience in your own life. Let, let's say that perhaps you have had an environment where you were addicted to drugs. Well, can I just say that by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're no longer addicted to drugs. And it's a different perspective. You can either look at it and say, I used to be addicted to drugs, or you can say, I no longer am addicted to my drugs. I used to lie and cheat, but I no longer lie and cheat. I, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. It's all in the perspective that you have in your life. So you can allow yourself to be defined by where you are. You can allow yourself to be the perspective to be one of pain and sorrow or difficulty. Or you can climb up just a little higher and you can stick your nose toward the fresh air and you can live a thank you life. You can live a life of generosity and gratitude. And when you do, you refresh the screen. You change the perspective. You put a new spin on where you are and what you're seeing with all of your life. So let me finish with this. About 10 years ago, I was kind of working through my own experience. Some of you know the story. I, I had uh, I'd lost my wife to cancer, and I was trying to live through that experience. And it hadn't been easy. In fact, it had been very painful for me. And, uh, and I was angry at some things. I was frustrated about some things. And I'll never forget one night I was, I was sitting in a movie theater and I was watching a movie and I saw a scene in a movie and there was something about that scene that God used to capture my mind. And I couldn't get it out of my head breakfast I, I felt like I heard God now I, I'm very careful to, to say that I heard the voice of God but through some means or another I was very clear that God was speaking to me in that moment and here's what I felt like God said to me that day in that kitchen you're mad at me because you are angry that you didn't get what you wanted but I want to remind you, I never promised you more than the next day. I told you to value every day. That days were valuable, moments were valued. Live in that moment and be grateful for it. It's all you've been promised. So instead of being angry at me, what you need to do is to thank me for what you have. 
Now, brothers and sisters, I, I can't even begin to explain to you what happened in that kitchen that morning. There was a rush of God's presence in my life, and I remember lifting up my hands, had my fists clenched like this, and I lifted them up before the Lord and said to the Lord, I said, okay, God, here we go. I'm going to let go of my pain. I'm going to let go of my frustration. I'm going to let go of my anger. And I'm going to thank you. And I opened up my hands. And I just began to thank him. Now I don't even know if you'll understand what I'm about to show you. But this is what happened. It was like if that was the perspective that I had prior to that prayer. When I got through praying that morning, it was like God just did this. And I began to see the world in a whole different point of view. There was a different perspective in my life. I saw things differently. I saw myself differently. I saw the future differently. I saw the potential of life differently because the screen got refreshed. There was a new perspective and it wasn't built upon my anger, my frustration, my pain. It was built on the greatness of God. It was built on the goodness of God. It was built on God's ability to give me what He desires me to have. And I'm grateful. And that healing began that day because I began to be grateful to God for His blessings. Now I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know where you're watching this. I don't know what the story of your life is. I don't know what you've gone through. But I know a couple of things. I know that God is good to you. And I know that God loves you. And I know that God wants to release you. He wants to restore to some of you. I know I'm talking to somebody right now. He wants to restore to you the power of gratitude. To be able with a sincere heart to say, God, I don't understand what happened, but I'm grateful to you. I know you love me. Others of you need to release. You need to release some things to God. You're never going to find the answer for some questions. You've got to release it. You've got to trust God for the things that you may never know the answers to. For others of you, you've got to find a way somehow by God's grace to move on. You can't stay stuck where you are any longer. And the way forward is gratitude. To begin to be grateful to God for all of His blessings. He loves you. I want to pray over you this morning. I want to pray. I feel the holy presence of God. I know that this is a holy and divine moment for someone right now. So I'm just asking you, lean in. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stop. Stop it right now. Take a moment. Bow your head and express your gratitude to God. Take all of your pain, all your burdens, all your hardships and lay them down in front of the Lord and thank Him for every one of them. I thank you, Lord, for my trials. I thank you, Lord, for my difficulties. I thank you this morning, Lord, for my pain. I thank you, Lord, for all that I've gone through. I'm confident, God, that you've got me. Father, I pray over every person right now who's watching this, people who will hear the podcast, people who will see the video, people who are right now, wherever they are in that moment, being touched by your presence. God, I know that you are at work among our people right now. 
Father, let your grace and your glory be strong in our hearts and our lives today. Let it be so today, God, that in the name of Jesus, that you start us on a new path. Refresh the screen in our hearts. Help us to see things differently today. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm so glad you were with us today. So glad you were with us today. So thankful that you took the time to be a part of this service today. I'm praying for you. If you need prayer, use that comment section. Reach out to someone. There's a lot of people on there that would be more than happy to take a moment and pray with you. You are connected to a community that cares about you today. My prayer is that God will strengthen you and help you today for the glory and the honor of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.